Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Um, we've, uh, as James has said last weekend, we've been to Hillsong and come back. And uh, if it wasn't for God intervening, nothing would have happened because, as he said, we had no plans to go there until we got a call from um, Australia and a couple over there that couldn't attend. They said, would you guys like the tickets uh, in the network seats with accommodation added? And James went, hang on, I'll pray. Yeah, thank you. Amen. (laughs) We're off. (laughs) Yeah. Some things he can do shortly. Mm. Just saying, yeah, just saying. So um, we went, and the great thing about it was this, that I went and I got some revelation from my heart. And is it anything that I've learnt before? The answer is yes. Was it anything that went, ta-da, and apart from this guy called Butter Chicken, who ran around in a gold leotard, and little Winnie Shorts, um, who did all the emceeing, there was nothing new. <laughs> but I came back, and I felt as if God had given me a switch up. Whether you call it judgments I had, or things where I just like planted in the soil and let them grow. And so I just want to bring a part of my testimony today, because this is the difference about information versus revelation. And sometimes we can sit in a church or we can go to conferences and it's just information, information, information. And we get to the point where we're all full up and we say, oh, shut the door. There's too much of that happening in my, my head. I've only got enough you know, brain cells and I've got to protect them the older I get. <laughs> they get lesser and lesser. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> somebody says, g'day, Pastor Viv, and I go, What's his name? Who's that? I don't know. I'm sorry if I do that to you. It's not that I don't value your friendship. It's not that. It's just that I can't really remember. The day comes when I can't remember this fella, then we're in big trouble, eh? So we have information, which is just knowledge. It's something I know. But revelation is an impartation from God. You know, how can I put that in an example? Say, for instance, I'm telling James, I think they call it nagging. It's a biblical term for nagging, yeah. And I tell him, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. And then one of his mates, like Shane or something, will say, you should do it this way, bro. And he goes, oh, I should do it that way. And he's had a revelation, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I always here? Why am I even here, Lord? And the Lord says, settle down, pull your head in, we've got this. And so I've got to do what God says, you know. Do you know what I mean? And suddenly there's a revelation because that information has become an impartation. And when God has a revelation in our life, he takes the word and then he begins to reveal to you layer by layer something about this thing that he's shown you and it's really important because this is the difference between 
you know, just walk in our lives and getting God to breathe into a situation. What is it like? It's like being in a big dark room. You know, somewhere the door is over there. You're on the other far side. And the door and the room is in darkness. And you sort of know where everything is, so you sort of creep along like this, creeping towards the door. And then you go, bang. (laughs) The first thing I say is, why did James leave that there? It's always been there. He didn't leave it there. And then you go, oh, oh, that feels like a chair. That's a chair. Yeah, that's a chair. So you creep along again and you think, bang. Oh, what was that? Oh, ow, that was a table. It's like that. That's information. You sort of know and you sort of know where you're going, but you're not quite sure. And then you have revelation where somebody flicks the switch and all of the darkness is swallowed up by the light. And you go, wow, look at that. I can see where I'm going. I can walk with confidence. I know that's a table. I know that's a chair. And I know that I'm going over there. That's revelation. And how does that happen? That happens when God breathes on it. And you're looking at me going, yeah, whatever. God breathes on it. Do you know revelation is more about us than it is about God? It's how we embrace it. I'll tell you this story just because otherwise I'll preach too short and I wouldn't want to do that. I'm not like James. I like to use up all my words. When James and I, um, when I first met James, uh, my nieces and nephews were staying with me because my, mother, my sister needed a break. So they, they came to my house. I was supposed to put them on the bus and they were supposed to go home. But the little monkeys wouldn't get in the bus. So I thought, come on, get in the bus. No, we're staying here with you, auntie. And I'm like, oh. So I needed to take a break from work and I took them home. Uh, when I got down there, my sister said, oh, this young guy, he's uh, preaching in our church. Do you want to come and listen? I thought, yeah, I suppose so. Because I decided I wasn't getting married at that stage. I thought, sorry, guys, I thought men were a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't now, otherwise I wouldn't have married. <laughs> Some men probably think women are a waste of time. Let's not go there today. That's a whole new subject, yeah? <laughs> So anyway, we went to the church and he was preaching. He reckons that he prophesied over my life. He reckons that he preached this really good word straight down the middle. I can't remember. (laughs) The prophecy, I can't remember it. Probably something like, thou shouteth, marrieth, meeth, something (laughs) like that. They spoke like that in that church in them days. And I can't remember it. And then the second time, after um, my nephew was flatting with James, I have a big family, so my sisters have kids about the same age as him. Yeah, he's my toy boy, get over it. No, James is about, <laughs> James is about four years younger than me. And doesn't look it, eh? <laughs> come on, support me. Support the sister, come on. And... Um, And anyway, I started writing to him, and as I wrote, and the word of God began to flow between us, because we had no email in those days, but we had snail mail and telephone. And then I began to see the revelation that this was more than just a friendship. And then he invited me down to Shannon, where they were having an outreach, and he asked if I would would, uh, 
do my testimony there. So I did. And after about two or three days, the revelation hit me this was going to be my husband. Yes, and I did go into a week of fasting and mourning, but never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Some of you are going to get yourself in trouble, boy. (laughs) So, you know, this is the thing. When God breathes on something, God breathes on it, it's good. But when you embrace it as something that God has spoken to your life, that's when revelation takes place. You can... God can breathe on something, you can see some great things happening, and nothing is happening for you until God says, look at this. And you've got to be like Moses. And Moses went aside from his uh, journey to the burning bush because the Lord said to him, look at this. So how we embrace it, there's always a two-way relationship. When God does anything in our lives, he speaks, we embrace, and then we take it into our lives. Anything can be a revelation if we want it to be. I can remember having revelation, you know, this one thing with James, and suddenly all my plans for not getting married, and I was going to go to India and help Mother Teresa because she needed me so badly. That's what I thought I was going to do. But then as I began to embrace what God was doing, it suddenly dawned on me that we were going to be married. And then the prophecies started coming about what was going to happen when we got together. Prophecies like, I can see you married to a guy who wears glasses and he's a European and you'll be travelling to the other side of the world. And when you're from Dargaville, (laughs) where there's five people, you're like... (coughs) Whatever, I don't even know what an aeroplane is. And here we go. We're there. We're there. And God can do amazing things for your life. So if you are sitting in the church and you're thinking, none of this is going to happen for me, how are you embracing what God has showed you? Do you believe that God orders our steps? Do you reckon that his, do you believe that the Bible, when the Bible says the word will never come back void, do you believe that? So when God calls, he's always throwing his fishing line and he wants you to pay attention. He wants you to pay attention. He wants only good things for our lives. And so it's in the embracing of information that the Lord has given us that revelation will come. Some of us think that it's sitting in church and God comes up and he slaps us on the head. That would be your husband or your wife, not God. That could well be your kids going, hurry up, mum, I'm hungry. That is not God. Sometimes it happens, but very rarely. So I want to ask you today, what's that information that God has put you in front of? If he orders your steps, why are you here? If he orders your steps when you go to a conference, why are you there? If God is not only saviour of your life, but he is Lord, why are you where you are? What do you need to hear? What do you need to embrace this morning? When I went to Hillsong, I needed to embrace big church stuff because I'm happy with the little church. And God's saying, hey, 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 if I'm your Lord, I want you to embrace big church. Big church thingies? No. But to remember that the kingdom of God needs to grow. 
You can't have that with a little church, right? That's right. You can't ha- have that with little things happening. I like things like this. It's cosy. I like having everybody in the church that I can call by their first name. I love it. But God is in the business of salvation. Yes, yes. Amen. That's the big plan, if you didn't know. It wasn't self-improvement, it's souls. Just just saying, you know, just saying. Amen. So if you're a Christian, you're saying, well, (laughs) you see, this is the thing. In Genesis, God spoke, let there be light. And I've I've been singing the song um, about a billion galaxies and how all of creation embraced God's words and and there was light and there was uh, firmament and there was trees and there was, you know, animals, all all the things that were created because God spoke into the atmosphere. That's just a creepy thing I do when I'm thinking out there somewhere. And it's, but it's this thing. God wants us to embrace so that we can enlarge, enlarge ourselves and the kingdom of God. There's a whole world out there needs saving. And I, and I take my hat off to those people who do work in the community and they do it over and over and over again. And sometimes there's little return. But they don't care. This is what God has revealed to them. And this is where they must stand. And so they do this and do this and they do not complain. So in Ephesians, oh, just before I start, if you're saying I've never had a revelation, you're sitting here, you have had a revelation. How? Oh, that's Mary emphasis. How? You know. <laughs> Information was Jesus died for you. That's the information. Jesus died for you. You really should. Uh, Jesus died for you. He saved you from hell. He has given you eternal life. But you can be sitting together with a mate that doesn't know Jesus, and both of you don't know Jesus, and you've had a revelation. That's why you're here. Because God breathed into it. You embraced it, and now you are Christian. So don't tell me that you've never had a revelation. You have. That now it is the thing is to continue in it. Everybody knows that scripture, eh? Without revelation, the people perish. perish. They do. So we one of the um, the other um, Bible says. How do you say translation? Another Bible sounds like I'm some crazy woman. Yeah. Another translation says, without ongoing revelation, the people perish. So revelation after revelation after revelation. And this is a good thing that I've seen with Arwen and Faith. You know, I'm training them as interns. What I've seen is that they've embraced every truth there is, and they have grown quickly. And sometimes I'm thinking, that fella, he preaches better than me. That I have to get my own revelation. I can't live off that, can I? That's his revelation. My own revelation has to be, where am I going? Lord, shed some light on it. I want to do whatever you want me to do. All of us can do that. If your revelation is to sit and pray, then that's your revelation. It's okay. So anyway, in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, is an example of a person who has a revelation from God. And uh, this, is, this guy's name is Paul, and he's what, what they call a uh, Pharisee. 
So he's a very clever cookie when it comes to the Bible and following after God. He knows everything, all right? But um, he starts off, Ephesians. Uh, this, is this, this is this guy. This is that guy. I, Paul, the servant of Christ, am here in jail because of you. He's like, yoo I'm here. And you can, you know, the thing is, when you get a revelation and some obstacles come up, you think, I don't care. Right. I'm going to flush that obstacle out and tell that mountain to move because that's what the Bible says. And I'm going to move straight through. I'm not going to stay here saying, oh, the mountain is big. The mountain has a snow cap. The mountain is part of a whole range of mountains. <laughs> Whatever. That's a mountain. It's just a mountain. And if the Bible says that it can move, you want to dwell on that for a while. Yeah. I can move this mountain. I can move this mountain. And it will move on your say-so. Because it has been revealed to you that nothing is too tough for God. God is bigger than anything else. Yeah? yeah. That's the revelation. But if you go, the mountain is big. The mountain is a part of an Alps. It's a whole backbone. And there's an earthquake. You know, sometimes we get all caught up in the detail and it's like, who cares? <laughs> Tell the mountain to move because on the other side of the mountain is God's destiny for you. And when you give a revelation, just like Paul did, and he says, I don't care, I'm in jail. Jail in those days is not the same as jail in these days. In those days, they were shackled up to the walls. And if they had people that felt sorry for them to feed them, then they did. If they didn't, they died in the shackles. That's all there is to it. So, you see, the thing is, he was in the worst place possible. But he had a revelation from God. And this was part of it. That stuff was going to get rough. It was going to get hard. So he's so excited that even jail has not deterred him from his revelation. The thing about revelation, it pulls you forward. It doesn't kick you up the bum and make you go that way. Revelation stands in front of you and says, come on, come on, come, it's over here. Your destiny's over here. And you're so, like, so excited. It's like a baby when they're crawling and they've got a little bright ball and all they can see is the ball and they're going after the ball and everything's moving and they're after that. That is what revelation is like. So that is why people perish when there is no revelation. There's nothing to pull them forward. So I have... Um, a testimony of a man that comes to our church, his name is Richard Brunton. Some of you have sat beside him when he's been here. And uh, he spoke some words to me that I've heard before. He said to me, Viv, you should stop putting yourself down. And the first reaction from this girl is, I'm not putting myself down. I said it like that too. He said, you put yourself down. And so I could have said to him, I don't want to know, but I thought, you know what, I need to embrace this. And I didn't know the difference between revelation and information then. And you know, every time I've opened my mouth, I've thought, have I just put myself down? And the re revelation came that, yeah, that's exactly what I did. Whether it's something from the past, whether it's something I'm involved in now, I don't know, but I wanted freedom from it. And so I got prayer. I got prayer. And the revelation of that has set me free. 
So that's the point. That's the part before um, you get set free. And I think there's some things here that people have said to our hearts. People have spoken, and we've just said, stop it. Stop it right there. I don't want to know. It hurts too much. This is something that you need to embrace. So the revelation will bring you freedom. You need to be free to go forward. Amen. You need to be free to go forward. God wants you to have a future and a hope. That's what he says in Isaiah. A future and a hope for the future. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to have a destiny, to have life that's abundant, not some sort of a life where you're existing until God shows up. That's not a life for a Christian. The life for a Christian is abundant life, good things, joy, enough when we're not living in poverty, but we have enough to carry us through. And, you know, and, and Hebrews says this, is faith is the substance of things hoped for. What is substance? Substance, you can touch it, you can taste it, you can see it. That's what the hope that God puts in our lives is all about. We can touch it, we can see it, we can feel it. And God wants us to have that sort of life. If you're saying to yourself, man, I am bored, it's time for revelation for your life. You know, in verse uh, 6, I'll paraphrase this, it says, and this is a secret, this is a secret that uh, Paul got a hold of, that salvation is for all mankind and everyone can share, have their full share in it. So he heard from God that Gentiles, which I'm, I hate to tell you this, but we're the Gentiles, we're not born of Jewish blood, that we now had access to God. And everything the children of God had, we have. That was the thing that he figured out. And he, his whole life, was taken up thinking about this. He began to look at it and look at it. I mean, you think about the statement that he made, that everybody, not just Jews, could have God's favour on them. That was countercultural, mm-hmm. countercultural to the, the times he was living in. There was the Jews, they were favoured of God, they had the blessings of sons of God, and then there was the others. But God has showed him there's a gateway. Everybody can come in and experience the blessing of God. And so he was so excited about that. And so he began to meditate on it. And this is what we do when God reveals something to us. Don't go running out and, go, go running out and telling everybody about it before God has finished revealing it to you. We need to stand still for a minute and just wait. Some of us, we're like salespeople. We want to go out there and sell this half revelation. And then we wonder why nobody gets on board. Because there's no life in it. It's just still information. You need to stand still and let God talk to you. And as he begins to peel back the layers of the revelation, you begin begin to see a picture of what God wants to do. Amen. If you stood still long enough to uh, meditate on your salvation, you will begin to see the things that God wants to do through your life. Start from here and say, God, what is it you want me to do? But stand still long enough. Some of us are so impatient. I am impatient. I want things done now, please. Maybe yesterday would be even good, but not tomorrow. Because God wants, it's like a father wanting to spend time with his son and begin to tell him about his life. He wants to peel back the layers. 
So you say to me, where do, you, where do I start? Think about that. Asking God, what do you want from my life? And we think we can see the path this way, but God's saying, no, I'm going to curve off to the left. And he curves off to the left, and we're still going like this because we have our own plan, and he's going, are you coming with me? Mm. And sometimes we can get left. Me and Jesus can just at the fork of the road. So that's the thing. You just, we just need to be, be patient enough to sit still. So... So Peter begins to meditate on God's big picture. And as he does, gratefulness begins to come, come flow from his, from his spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because when it's just you and a revelation, you are large in the picture. When God begins to peel back the layers, you become smaller and smaller, and you then begin to think, wow, this is what you're calling me to. I was really blessed when I listened to Pastor Brian Houston when he was preaching and he was saying when we started the one thing in our heart was that we would worship God and now the worship has gone all around the world. They have changed two generations with the worship that they produce and no matter how I feel about them, they've done what God has revealed to them. And I have got to come back to me and say, have I done what God has revealed to me? You know, rather than going bang, 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 I have to say, Lord, have I done what you have revealed to me? And so then you begin to meditate on God's big picture for your life. And you realise God had a choice of millions and billions of people and he chose you to do that job that he's called you to and is revealing you to. So once you get to that place and you begin to pull the layers back, you realise that this thing is going to go on for a lifetime. It's not just something that you go, pow, or what's the latest word, boom, there it is. It's not like, it's a revelation that goes on and on and on and on. And you wonder how people who got so old, (laughs) like Billy Graham, could still preach with such unction. It's because their revelation hadn't finished, because it doesn't finish till the day you die. And some of us have got a few years on us yet, Mm -hmm. some more than others. And so the revelation goes on. So... He says this, this is what Peter said, uh, Paul says in verse 8, just think, though I did nothing to deserve it, and though I'm the most useless Christian there is, I was the one chosen for the special joy of telling Gentiles the glad news of the endless treasures available to them in Christ. And he saw himself, he began to diminish. What does the Bible say? You increase, Lord, and I decrease. He got him to the point where he realised that he was in decrease and the plan for his life was humongous. And look at it. We're still talking about him. How many years later? We're still going back to Paul's writings because the guy stayed on course, stayed focused. He wanted the revelation to come to pass. So we say this and then uh, he begins to say, oh, I'm so excited so excited. All evangelism comes from Paul. He evangelised the Gentiles. He's passed that on to us. It's a legacy. 
All the things that he did and he wrote, he's passed it on to us. And it just goes on. He might have gone to be with the Lord, but his legacy lives on. Don't you want to be somebody like that? Don't you? Whatever you do, you pass it on to the next generation. And guess what? They'll do it bigger and better and brighter than we have. My, my focus for, for the interns that we have is that they'll do everything better than me. They sing better than me. Faith is already there. <laughs> Arwen will preach better than me. They'll get biblical principles better than me. I don't want to be the man in the crowd that stands out. I want these guys to go forward. I want them to be able to say, when they get up in the morning, I am going to serve the Lord my God. I want to see Georgie and Ania go into the harvest field and bring back people who have been lost. That's my heart. Anybody that walks through the door of this church, I want them to do better things, bigger things, greater things. If I'm in their congregation, when we get to another 10 years I will be happy because I've done my job yes. Amen? Amen That will that's um, the revelation that God has given to me is to train up the next generation and if they've done all that they've done and done it better than me yes God victory, Amen Amen, Amen. You know this Christian life is not about self improvement it's about the legacy of God to God be, that God will be glorified, that souls will be saved. That's what it's all about. And we have had the privilege of God inviting us on to his team to see it finished. That's our privilege. Embrace that one. We're on God's team. Amen. So in verse 10 it says this, And his reason to show all the rulers in heaven how perfectly wise he is when all his, of his family, that's God's, that's God we're talking about. When all of God's family, Jews and Gentiles alike, are together in his church and just the way he had planned it through his son Jesus. See, you get to a point, revelation, every waking moment, that's all you can think about. When you go to sleep at night, that's all you dream about because the revelation has overtaken you of what God wants you to do. When uh, James and I first came into... Um, being pastors about 30 years ago. You know, that was not my revelation. My revelation was that I was going to be his wife. Cook, clean, all that sort of stuff. But then when I got into that place, I realised <laughs> that wasn't God's idea for me. He wanted me to be help me, which is different. Help me is not just somebody that does dishes, cleans up after them, I might add. Cooks dinners. <laughs> Only Shane got that one. <laughs> Cooks dinners and that. He wanted me to be a helpmeet in the spirit, spiritual realm too. And it became, it began to flood my dreams during the day. I daydream about what could happen. And then I began to embrace church life. And I began to see a church where people were saved and delivered and set free. And then I began to see healing meetings. And this dream has followed me all my life. I still see these people being set free. I still see people coming into our midst, finding their de- destiny, and then either going out on the ministry or staying here and working with us. My heart's desire, the revelation of my heart, is that other people will do better than I do. They'll do greater things. Amen. 
they'll do greater things. So these, these things, these revelations that God gives you, they begin to fill up your mind, fill up your life. You can't get away from them because God is just peeling back and peeling back and showing you more and showing you more. And he blesses you, yes, because when you're obedient, you put yourself in a position where God blesses you, where God blesses you. And so the, the revelation that, that is in Paul's heart, it begins to grow and overwhelms him. And I just want to finish now with uh, verses 14 and 15. It says this, When I think of wisdom, of the wisdom and the scope of his plan, I fall down on my knees and pray to the Father. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvellous love. And may you be able to feel and understand, as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves, though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so at last, you will be filled up with God himself. There will be nothing left of us, just God. And now God, glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest dreams, our highest desires, our highest thoughts, our highest hopes. Maybe may he be given glory forever. This is where the dreaming starts, when you get on line with God and the whole vision begins to overwhelm you, you begin to dream. And the dreams are not small, the dreams are big. And you think to yourself at this point, I can actually do this because I am filled up with God. I have his revelation to my life. I can do this. I can move the mountains, I can run over the water, not through it, over the water. I can do all this stuff because God has called me and this is the revelation for my life.